Some shows only talk about one little thing. How boring. One little subject all the time. But not us. Welcome to the Infinite Worlds Podcast. The show that talks about a little bit of everything. Giving you insight and interesting points of view. We love current events, anime, comic books, entertainment news, and information status updates on current projects, sci-fi movies, and video games. And we'll be covering The Ballad of the Outlands, an awesome original comic being created by Infinite Worlds Publishing at the end of the show. So make sure you listen all the way through. This is the Infinite Worlds Podcast. Here's Victorious Wolf with co-host DK Thomas, D-Mark, and Ivory Mike. Welcome back to the Infinitum and Beyond podcast. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to be our thing. It's going to be our thing. It's a new title of the podcast, so that's going to be our thing. So today we have our special guest, Mr. Michael Tenery, as well as I'm your host, Victorious Wolf, and we have Demarcus and we have Ivory Mike. Hello. <laughs> All right. So once again, we've had some very interesting things happening on around here. Uh, we haven't been on here in about uh, probably we're we're overdue for a podcast for about two weeks. I blame everyone else except for me, um, okay. in true millennial fashion. Hmm. Although that's not actually true, it's like everybody's fault. But anyways, so. Once again, I finally got everything moved into my home, which I know for some of the podcasters out there, they're aware of the fact that I've been moving to Michigan. Well, so I'm here and uh, I'm doing some great things. Not really, because it's Michigan. I mean, I don't know what there is to do in Michigan. I, I just got here and uh, the roads are terrible. But then you do a, a really, convention? Really then you go to Yeah, a- but that wasn't in Michigan, though. Uh, I, I did a convention. But the convention happened in Atlanta. So I flew to Atlanta, uh, went to, like, uh, what was it? It was, uh, Dra- no, not Dragon Con. It was MomoCon. Momo, yeah, the anime one. Yep. So MomoCon was an awesome gathering of anime historians, if you will. People who love all things anime. And I got to see some very interesting things. But, you know, I got to see a whole bunch of other interesting things as well. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Just because you can wear it doesn't mean you should wear it. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I've seen some interesting people dressed up as Lilo. <laughs> the Lila. Yeah, yeah. Lilo and Stitch. You got, I, I seen some sailor dudes. Yeah. Sailor dudes. That's the free yeah, flag I'm fry. Go, I'm gonna go with that. That was kind of freaky a little bit. And then I saw a hot dog man who was doubling as a, it's the PG version of this. He was a diglet, but he was also something else that looks like a diglet. 
Diglett, what's Frank that? Frank and Beans? Yes, Frank okay. and Beans. There you go. He was doubling, the costume was doubling as Franks and Beans as well as a Diglett from Pokemon. Uh, for all those people out there in the world, I'm sure you can put on your imagination hats and, and figure out exactly what Franks and Beans really mean. Yeah, yes, yeah, very interesting. So, I mean, that's pretty much what's been going on in, in, in my life. What about everybody else? What, what have we been seeing out there in, in the land of wherever you are? Well, I think we're in these divided states now. I think people are definitely taking sides. Well, and it's I getting started, more and more. I started taking my meds, so I'm I'm not being harassed by tall, skinny midgets in some oh, way. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, quick question, Car- uh, Carlton. I see uh, you have a Rivian t-shirt. Do you have a Rivian? Yes. No, not yet. I will. Maybe <laughs> one day. Okay. All right. It will be great. I'm a big fan of Rivian. I believe in the Rivian cause. I invest very heavily into Rivian. They have lots and lots of my monies. I'm going to need okay. them to do well. I need them to do very well in the next couple of years and i'm hoping to become additionally wealthy from, there you go from my there you investments. go well i think the next decade is electrification so i won't get on oh, a tangent but, I, but i'm with you mike what do you think is going to happen with all the oil man i mean if we're going to get more and more expensive you know mm-hmm. this thing they're talking about about running out it's not going to run out it's just going to get more and more expensive so you're just going to be driven to do electrified. Just real quick, now that they're not making what I call punishment cars, you know, cars that don't really work very well, and they uh-huh. actually do well, you'll find out that uh, electric cars are a lot more powerful. They're torqued from yeah. the get-go. You look at a train, that even diesel trains, they may have diesel produce their energy, but those are electric to the motors. So, you know, those wow. things are fast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. This is it. We're right on the precipice of a huge change between that gasoline and EV car. So in my business, they call it the ICE vehicle. So right, ICE combustion. So you're going to start to see more companies start to pop up. Like, for instance, Honda and Sony have just decided to get married and make a car. Yep. Wow. Um, that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. So the way I envision it in my head is it's going to be a car with great gas mileage that's going to turn into a Gundam and actually self-drive itself. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to get us in the weeds, but I just saw the shirt anyway. <laughs> no, no, man. I work for one of those EV companies, and I'm just going to stay out of the conversation so I don't get fired. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. We'll, hey, ex-nay on the talk, eh? <laughs> seems, like, seems like there's a lot of firing going on here lately. In, in ah, it's that one. That Understood. <laughs> yeah. Understood. Okay. Well, exactly. has, no trouble. No, Big Brother's no watching. He's, he's got a long reach. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Austin, well, Texas. All right. What's next on the hip parade? All right. Well, the direction that we're going in right now is we're going to talk about something that I've noticed on the news. I saw that a news article come out that pretty much states that Ivanka Trump just threw a dad underneath the bus. Basically, there's a whole bunch of things going on. And of course, they're trying to nail Trump to the wall. And they went and asked her and they said, hey, you know, what do you think about what happened with the riots at the Capitol as well as do you really think your dad, his election was stolen? And she straight up said, no, he's full of poop. He's full of crap. And I I never believed he was. And she threw him underneath a caravan of buses and watched as every wheel tore off a different part of his body. Yeah. Yeah. He's so 
Wow. Yeah, the hearings have been hard on on that. It start it's like coming out because it's not a bunch of Democrats just sitting there saying whatever they're going to say. It's the people that worked in his administration and mm-hmm. for him. And at some point, you either got to turn it off and not believe, or you're like, oh, these people weren't never Trumpers. They were the people who voted <laughs> for him, and some of them would vote for him again. Uh-huh. So even after that, but they're yep. they're not going to lie either. They're going to tell the truth. So yeah, at least and from my opinion, I mean that's what I see. That's got to be a blow, though, because his, his own daughter threw him to the dogs. Yeah. I want to hear what his son has to say. You know what I'm saying? Because they were all barking for him, in a, you know, when it mm-hmm. started. Now that everybody's turning on him, you know, you kind of wonder, too, who they're setting up in his place. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you who's probably going to go down first for it. Uh, Eastman is the lawyer who gave him the theory of how he could overturn the election. And Jeff Clark, the guy he was trying to install as attorney general, who was just an environmental lawyer. Those two people will go down first. In fact, they were just at Jeff Clark's house to do a search warrant. And the thing about search warrants are you have to basically prove to the judge that you don't have probable cause that the crime is going on, but you can prove that you think a crime occurred. And so, wow. you know, so yeah, that's, it's getting kind of close. I don't expect anything will happen until after the midterms. Justice well, is usually pretty good about, our justice department is usually pretty good about not interfering with the elections. So uh-huh. they'll probably wait till sometime after the November elections before they start actually putting the big people in jail if they do. The only one that'll come out uh, smelling like a rose is Pence, huh? Is who? Pence. Mike Pence. Pence. Oh yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. 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 He'll be fine. Yeah. I think mostly because... They pretty much all but turned on each other between Pence and Donald Trump. Yep. Because Pence was like, whoa, hold on. This just got a little bit, this went over the line even for me. I'm done and kind of backed yeah. out. Yep, yep. With Ivanka, the only problem she has is that she was also talking to a, there was a documentarian out of uh, England who was documenting in the White House. And they all forgot that he was doing that. He was doing such a good job of just sitting there in the corner doing everything <laughs> that she has said both things now. She said, oh, yeah, yeah, my father's, uh, you know, going to fight this to the end, blah, blah, blah. And then she also said, of course, that he knew that he didn't. So she's getting in a bit of trouble with people mm-hmm. not knowing what to believe about her. So, wow. and. and I think people got to understand, especially if they're politicians, that they're, people are going to roll tape on you. You know, you can't. It's yeah. like, uh, if I don't know if you saw Johnson. Uh, he tried to give uh, Pence the fake electors. Pence's uh, chief of staff said no. And so they asked uh, Ron Johnson, um, hey, why did you do that? And he pretended like he was on the phone, but his screen was black. So they called him on it and said, hey, you're not on a phone call. We can see your screen. <laughs> <laughs> no way yeah yeah you gotta catch wow. that so so people gotta you gotta get real this is the 202020s you know you can't you can't fake it anymore or if you do you just look like an idiot so anyway that's just the thought that's pretty awesome wow okay what are your thoughts ivory mike what do you, what do you think about this i don't really follow politics too much probably why politics it's funny it's, it's hilarious yeah, I just know that, you know, the, like, the country's torn in two and yeah, it, it's, I just wish yeah, it would kind of just all go away and we could all kind of move forward I agree. from everything. But the, 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 I agree. the country is torn in two for so many different reasons right now, too. Yeah. I mean, you got, what is it, the reversal of Roe and, um, what was Roe versus Wade Wilson? and Casey. Roe yeah. versus Wade. Then you got the gun control uh, fight. 
Then you got politics. Then you got, you know, what's going on with the, you know, the fact that we're about to enter a recession. It's already begun. I mean, you got a yeah, whole right. bunch of stuff that's happening all at the same time, man. It's truly crazy. And out of all this chaos, eventually we're going to get, I mean, I don't know how much chaos. I don't think we're at the, we're at the ending of the chaos. We're just in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, hell, we I might can... even be at towards the beginning of it. So um, I can say mad. this about the Georgia governor race the republican runoff you know you had trump backing one guy and you had mike pence actually made a trip down here to back governor kemp who's already in office Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh and the state with kemp on the runoff i do Mm -hmm. know that it seems like that trump's reach isn't as far as it once was not in georgia for sure Mm -mm. no and it wasn't that close i mean no, what they said that the final tally was like 12,000, 12,000, I think, 12,000 votes from the presidential. Yeah. The one that you thought that, yeah, 12,000 I'm with votes. you on this, this whole politics thing. I think that, you know, they spend so much time vilifying each other that they're saying, yes. if you hate this other guy, it's his fault. It's their fault, you know, Absolutely. and it, it really isn't about that. And, and if we could just ignore what they're telling, who they're telling us to hate, we'll be all right. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I 100% agree. I mean, personally, I think that we need both. It just, it just goes back to the old saying, look, you know, uh, whether it's the left wing or the right wing and still a part of the same bird and a, a bird needs both wings to fly. I mean, yeah. it, it, it kind of is is what it is. I mean, I ain't never seen a bird in the sky that's flying with one wing. If it is, then uh, I, <laughs> I think what the last thing we should be worried about is who the president is. He's pretty what tired. That comedian that said the <laughs> Republican Party and the Democrat Party are is just a bowl full of poop staring yep. at each other in the mirror. <laughs> and uh, of course, and none of them are really on your side. They're on the side yeah. of the money. Yep. Money speaks. Absolutely. Everything else walks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Every two to four years, depending on when they get elected, they'll pretend they're your friend. Hey, come have a beer with me. Yeah, vote for me. Oh, okay. Who are you? Yeah, as soon as they get exactly. elected. <laughs> and that's why I say you should vote for me. I will put my candidacy back into rotation. A vote for me is a vote for grandma. Remember there that. There you go. Save, yeah. save the grandma. Save grandma. Okay. I'm scared. All right. My first campaign promise is that 100% we will save the grandmas and the young people from the scammers. Number one, okay, mm-hmm. we will eliminate, we will neutralize scammers. Okay. Number two, we would enact the fair tax. Fair taxes uh-huh. for everyone involved in America. Okay. Number two, I'm we scared. Will, we we will nullify and we will take care of every hate group in America, and I mean all of them. Okay, with boots on the ground and napalm in the sky. Okay. No more hate groups. <laughs> that can be messy. Just vanish. Yeah. Yes. Like no, the war- no more hate groups. War on drugs, you know, all over but, again. No, no, no. There will be no war. It will be neutralizing and napalms in the sky. There will be no war. Okay. Now, I will be impeached, but after my <laughs> impeachment, the world will be a better place. You know, after watching this Love, Death, and Robots, I think I'm mm. voting for the yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, you see how happy they were? Yes. Oh, I did see how happy they were. I don't know because I think that they get kind of complacent. But 
that's neither there nor here yeah. nor everywhere. Second thing that we're going to talk about is Johnny Depp. Okay, so yep. you listened to our last episode of the podcast. We talked about how Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and how you know messy of a trial that was and how it's done and over with. Right now, Johnny Depp is kind of in a good place in his career. I mean, he's just been exonerated from, you know, being a general bastard, I guess. Just like a horrible, horrible beats women type of person. He's been um, uncanceled. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's been uncanceled. And it's so interesting because one of the most horrible things about that situation was is that, you know, for me, I wasn't going to get to see the, see the continuation of the Pirates of the Caribbean because honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I think, you know, the franchise has been around for long enough to where it's a household name. Everybody knows who Captain Jack Sparrow is and who Davy Jones is, yep. who all these other Elizabeth Swan and all the rest of these other, these other cats in uh, the Pirates of the Car Caribbean universe. It was very interesting to find out that Disney actually reached out to him and said, hey man, look, we're sorry. We're so sorry that we're gonna offer you $300 million to come back to be Jack Sparrow. Wow. Johnny Depp originally said, because everybody dropped him like he did, he would never go back to any of them. But $300,000 buys a lot of forgiveness. Lot Million, of you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. Three. Hell no, $350,000 buys a lot of forgiveness in my book because I'm broke. But <laughs> yeah. Johnny Depp, $300 million to buy, I mean, for me, that would buy all the forgiveness. Yeah, and it also shows he could be magnanimous, you know. He does yeah. that, and the Holly, Hollywood will, will put out its arms and, and drag him back in and drag him back in, you know. So for a career-wise, it's probably smart to just do that. And they tried to do it without him. I mean, it was mildly entertaining, but it wasn't the same story. It didn't have yeah. the Johnny gravitas as Jack Sparrow. So I think he should do it. I'm in there with you, man. Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow is when I jumped on board the Johnny Depp train. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What was that movie with the grapes? Who framed great bridges what? or something? What, what, was, what was it? Gilbert Grape? <laughs> Right. There you go. Who's eating one? Gilbert's grapes? Yeah, yeah what's eating who? Gilbert grape? Yeah, I got. I got to admit here, I'm going to put on the Wayback Machine. I go pretty far back with Depp. Um, you know, yeah, Scissor Hands. Yeah. I, I saw him in Scissor Hands. I, I thought he was amazing in that stuff. So, you know, I've always liked him as an actor. And you know some what? Of, I do remember Edward Scissor's Hands. I forgot that he was in that. Oh yeah, he was in Nightmare on Elm Street too. You're right. Exactly. You know, you look at some of the women he was with. They almost to a one, they came to, and I don't want to get in back into the trial, but they were there for him. They came forward and said, look, he was a good guy the whole time. Yeah. And, and a lot of those women back in the day, I always looked to as being good actresses and people that I liked. So I always thought if they think he's a good guy, I think he's a good guy. So, yeah. Okay. Do you ever yeah. see Ed Wood? Oh, of course. The yeah, sweaters, all the sweaters, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I grew up on uh, something called Creature Features out in the West. And this guy, Bob, somebody had would have a, um, a this big, long cigar. And it would be longer if the movie was more of a, let's say, a polished turd. Anyway, if it was really bad, it would be a super long thing. Anyway, you know, Ed Wood was the kind of guy who made all those kind of films, you know? Yeah, yep. Uh, like that was, the, the B movies, and, and then he slowly was transforming into... Well, he was wearing right. He was wearing his wife's sweaters and clothes and all that. Yeah, head of his time, I he guess. Made, Glenn or Glenda. <laughs> really? 
Oh yeah, wait. Yeah, you wait, should wait. check out the movie because it's a it is a true story. Mm-hmm. Ed Wood was a movie director or whatever back in the day, and he brought on uh, Bella Lugosi, and mm-hmm. I think towards the end of his career, wasn't it? Towards yeah, Bella like and into some own. of their careers too. Yeah, yeah, and he would but, bring on these actors and make these B movies, and I think he took money. I, if I, I haven't seen it in a while, but it seemed like he took the money. He submitted a script took money from the company to make the script but then changed it to make his own movie yeah or whatever huh. yeah it's, it's a pretty good movie and it's they didn't care because he came back with a done movie and they were only paying for a b movie anyway so a yeah. lot of them didn't yeah, care exactly wow oh, yeah hmm. pretty okay. cool. i'll check it out okay i will yeah, also check this out hmm. okay so moving right along Without further to do, we jump into Obi-Wan Kenobi, episode four, five, and six. Back half. All right. Four, five, and six. We didn't talk about four last time? No. Or we didn't? No. We talked about one, two, and three the last time. The weak Obi-Wan. The Ken, or the Ben. Yes. This weak Ben. Yes. He's very, very weak, and this is before his redemption. His redemption, sure. In a world where one man, left on the wayside, abandons the Force, something happens to mix up his world once again. We go straight into it, man. So episode four, five, and six. Let's start off with episode four. I'm going to segue over into our Star Wars aficionado. Mr. Ivory Mike. With the lightsabers on the P's and Q's and the Q's and P's. So she was caught, right? Is this mm-hmm. episode four? She was caught. She was at the uh, Inquisitor's little base on that water planet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, then they went in for a rescue. What was cool about this episode was, well, many things, but the tombs. Did you guys see the tombs when he was walking? Oh, the yeah. And saw the. This sparked my interest because I'm like, okay, you fast forward and you think about the Mandalorian and Grogu and what they wanted Grogu for was they wanted his blood for cloning. They wanted mm-hmm. his Force-sensitive blood for cloning. And I kind of wonder if some of this, because they all looked like they were preserved, is that what some of this was for? Or do you think it was trophies? Oh, I think the f- it's based on the... Fo- oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, I think that, that's an interesting question. Because, I mean, you're saying tomb, but were they dead? Was it like that whole frozen carbonite thing, or were they oh, actually no. dead? No, they were dead. They're dead. Okay. I mean, okay. we got proof, finally, that Mace Windu is dead. It was kind of sad for me. But anyway. No, you know what? I don't think that was, because he had hands. You don't? They think that that was... Yeah, there was a lot of people was thinking that was Mace Windu. Okay. But the guy that was floating in that, whatever, he had hands. Okay, good, so good, good. Mace Windows could still be out there. The one that he stopped at first was a creature, I forget his name now, but if you watched any of the animated series in mm-hmm. the Clone Wars, Ahsoka, she got in, in trouble or something like that and got put on library duty. Yep. And then she lost her lightsaber and she went on an adventure with this older Jedi who was like always asleep in the library. And it was him. So they actually showed him floating. And he had an old cane. He bent over. I yeah. forget what kind of creature he was. I have to do maybe 
you know, look it up. But his cane was a lightsaber. He pulled it out at the end of the episode and used it to thwart it. Yeah. But the interesting thing also in the Rebels series, they lured Kanan to like a, an Imperial base yeah. with the idea that uh, Master Anduli was still alive. And then mm. as, soon as, he, as soon as they entered the base, he felt her presence and he was able to find her in a cell and she was dead. So like, yeah. I don't know if they're using these Jedi to lure other Jedi or what their purpose is. None of that was ever really revealed. Yeah, it seems like what they're setting up is kind of like the Day of the Dead, if you know uh, mm-hmm. the Latinos thing, that, that where the body is or died is really important. So if you take the body around, the Force ghost kind of follows to some degree. So hmm. there's kind of yeah. a presence there. I mean, that's the sense I got from it. And then, of yeah. course, yeah. In the, so I think you're right. So, yeah, so then he goes in. We get to finally see him deflecting laser bolts. You can tell he's a little rusty. You know, he ends up cracking the glass, and but they escape, and the rebellion, the small band of rebels that were helping him, they got involved finally. So we're kind of starting to see the beginning of the rebellion. I hope that they yes. do more with the path, with the Jedi. So, and also Reva, the third sister, which, of course, we find out what her motivation is towards the end of the series, but... She's given you hints all along just by the way she's talking, how she's speaking. And she basically told Leia, nobody's coming for you and all that, you know. And we get to see kind of a Leia is obviously Vader's daughter. So Mm -hmm. we know she becomes a powerful being. But, you know, we kind of see her. I think Carlton made the comment about her being annoying. (laughs) Sure, but hey, I, wait, wait, who? Because I, I, I found a lot of people. I, I, just, what? I just think that you don't like female. <laughs> ah, we're her, talking uh, about Leia. <laughs> yeah, little Leia, ah, little Leia, little, little Leia, knowing the absolute all of everything out of me. Okay, She's, I mean, I uh, get it. I understand. This is the one you of have those kids? things. Yes. Okay. Go on. Go on. <laughs> Uh, Say no more. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I get it, but I'm just like, dude, like, shut up. What's wrong with you? What? What do you mean? Okay. Well, well oh, he, well, Obi Wan, you. I'm just gonna run away from you. You, you know how? Look, I'll tell you like this. If she was somebody that had a little bit more, I mean, I get it. She's a, she's a child. Children are very impulsive and you know stuff. Temporary insanity, time, stupid. Go on. There you go. But <laughs> I'll tell you like this. And I get it. You needed her brazenness and her naivety and stupidity to make the story move like it did. Because if it was just, all right, I'm going to go get her. Obi-Wan got her. He got on a transport, got back, and, and everybody's going. He goes back into hiding again. That's probably how it went down. Because so he pretty much think had about a her character arc. Think yes. about her character arc. Like, she's a princess. She gets uh-huh. pampered. I mean, she can't even get dressed by herself. Exactly. She's got servants, like, dressing her. I, and, I know. I and know. In, but but it, this series, like, we got to see her I love almost that. have an awakening. Yes. Like, yeah. Okay, at the end of it, she was like, okay, this is for real. This stuff's for real. Yeah. You know, we see her a few times... You know, in the animated series and Clone mm-hmm. Wars, she's helping the rebels. 
you know, while using her status as the senator or whatever, or or a a princess. I I gotta ask the question. This is the thing that nobody's talking about. Okay. How in the Helen Baylor is it that she did not recognize Obi Wan in the New Hope? If this dude said, "What do you mean she didn't recognize him?" She didn't. She never had the New Hope. Well, first off, she hadn't seen him with his long beard. I mean, and she didn't really get close to him. Face with him. And she never. He died, you know, just at the edge of her vision, you know, being cut off by Vader. Yeah, right when she finally saw him, he died. Yeah. So she never got that moment together with him that would have been awesome. When he stepped in and said, I'm with Ben Kenobi, nobody else knew him as Ben Kenobi. She did. She jumped up and said, Ben Kenobi? She was like, and then let's go. So yeah, they, she knew who Ben know, was. Kind of tied that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I went back and watched that. I've got them all in 4K. So I went back and watched those scenes that connected it, like when she her recording on R2, the full one, plus mm-hmm. when Luke in the stormtrooper suit, you know, jumped on, out and said, "Hey, I'm here with Ben," you know, and and yeah, they spent some time making all those connections. I mean, heck. For those people really paying attention, Luke's T fifty four little plane that he was using, yeah, and the, he, he he got to. But we'll get to that in a minute. We skipped over the part that I really wanted to say is, oh. you know, there's a lot of people grumbling about. They thought that it was a. I hate to say this because it's internet's what it is, but people thought that maybe the third sister was some kind of token thing. It was mm-hmm, not. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. had, in fact, I would say her arc rivaled mm-hmm. Kenobi's. Absolutely. Yeah. By the end of it, we'll get to the sixth thing is talk talk mm-hmm. more about where she ends up. Mm-hmm. That was awesome storytelling. So people need to watch and see it before they say stuff. I mean, people yes. they're open their mouths before they know what they're talking about. Yes. I, <laughs> I didn't even know about Shut the hell that. up. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yes. There's this big thing on the internet about talking talking crap about that. Stupid. But just, Sorry. Just like he said, her character had me hooked and so interested in what happened because I knew that there had to be more to it. She was way too driven yes. for it just to be, oh, well, I'm following orders, or I just want to be a grand, whatever, grand wizard. Or yeah, grand, grand inquisitor. Wizard. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> some think, some letters in there somewhere? Yeah. I don't think they would accept her application. I, I, <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's you know, I, I knew that there was more to it. Other yes. than that. So when we got that realization and what was this? This was number like it was this was in four, right? This was mm-hmm. in four when we got this realization that she is actually spoiler alert. Is it? Yeah, it's the next one. Okay. Yeah, we so gotta wait wait till five. Wait till we get to five on that one. Well, we're gonna jump so into we're five. Talking about we're gonna tell now. you who she is. Oh, all, all right, right, here we okay, go. Cool. We're in five now. Go ahead. Here we go. All right. So uh, we find out that the Grand Inquisitor is one of the younglings that Anakin walked in and massacred. Yeah, I even stabbed her. And, you know, she hid as as a dead one. Exactly. She's the first person they draw into in the whole series, too, by the way. Would I be jumping the gun by saying... Did anybody get the correlation with the fact that he didn't stab her one time and she survived? He stabbed her twice. Stabbed her twice. Mm-hmm. Twice. Yeah. So that lets you know Vader didn't really want to kill her. He didn't yep. use his lightsaber. He used hers, which was thinner, and even probably hit her in the same place he hit her before, so he knew mm-hmm. that she could take it. Wow. And, yep. 
But it doesn't so, turn out like he thought it would. Yeah. So no. that was definitely interesting. I mean, I know that there had been hints and, you know, myths and legends rolling around about it, about what she is. But to see that, my thing is, is I always enjoy villains that have mm-hmm. a reason to be villains. Loki, like, etc. The good villains. Yes. The ones I don't mean good in the sense of evil good. I mean good in their depth. They have reason, yes. motivation, etc. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like movie Thanos. Movie Thanos had like one of those lines that was real hard to kind of walk on one side or the other. Yeah, he was like disappearing people, right? But he was disappearing people because he wanted everybody to have resources. That I remain, mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it, and it was horrible, but at the same time, I understood. So villains like that, they really have a certain amount of depth and then a certain amount of, of appealingness to them. I mean, right, let me put we, a put a pin in that in a note here. Mm-hmm. I think they can do just as good a job with Kang because Kang can have really deep motivation for what he's trying Absolutely. to do. So yep. let's let, we'll come back to it sometime in the future. But I mm-hmm. bet it's going to be awesome. So anyway, Absolutely. that's going to be. I want to see that. I'll tell you Absolutely. another cat that's going to have a uh, good uh, depth if they handle him right. That's Doctor Doom. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah don't make him a cartoon character, and I don't, you know, because you it, he's easy to do like that if you just put the capital E evil on and and don't get about what his motivation is. <laughs> I'm evil. <laughs> My I'm name evil. is Doom. <laughs> I have no. Is it that evil petting you? <laughs> so I mean it is what it is so going back to it I loved her story I loved what happened and I tell you man I really loved the way that they that, that they introduced and flexed Vader a little oh, yeah. bit in this one like when this dude walked in I mean without breaking a stride grabbed onto the de- grabbed onto the the, the the ship with the force like I mean and yanked it down without even I mean he doesn't even look like he was sweating or straining he was like, boom, it's on the ground. And he rips it open with, without any type of whatever, which is funny because then he ends up getting tricked. So I, I found that kind of hilarious. That, that was funny. That was a good one. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, Obi-Wan I, always seems to outsmart him. Like mm-hmm. Anakin always comes up short. Yep. And every single time. And even like mm-hmm. in episode four, The New Hope, the original Star Wars, mm-hmm. when he gave himself up in front of Luke and Leia, that was one more thing that he took from Anakin. I mean, and they show how powerful he is. All it was doing for me was getting me excited because I knew yeah. that this was the final showdown was going to, uh, Obi-Wan had to kick his butt one more time. I think there's a deeper thing going on about Sith and Jedi, Jedi that you write at the end, even though he cut, he supposedly cut Ben down and they all thought he killed Ben. Yeah. Ben actually escaped it, and yeah. I think, that, and we'll talk more when we talk about six. But the Sith revenge is huge. The taking out that gives them yeah. more power, um, and the and I want to talk about one, two, three too much. But um, for Jedi, it's mercy. It's mercy, and so Kent or Ben was still recovering from the fact that he cut down Anakin, something he yeah. didn't want to do, and it weakened his connection to the Force, in my opinion. So he was at, mm. even in four, he was not as strong as he used to be because he, the whole thing just took away from him. Anakin was his, his Padawan, you know, somebody that he trained, yeah. somebody he cared about, and so you know when you see that he is not as powerful, that Vader, Vader. He's come back. He's killed all these Jedi. He is mm-hmm. near the top of his power, if not the top, you know. And 
Ben is weak because he cut Anakin down, and Anakin's not Anakin anymore. So, and he's is carrying the guilt exactly. Guilt is so, heavy. It is. It's heavy. And I think Jedi, you know, they talk about Jedi shouldn't have connections. I think that's a lot of hooey. I think they have a different kind of connection. Not, yeah. the, not the obsessive connection, but I think they have a great deal of care and dedication to protect everybody. When they're put in situations where they have to cut people down that they'd rather save, I think it just kind of destroys them, you know? Absolutely. I think that was a central theme of the whole thing is mm-hmm. is uh, revenge and, and you know, get, getting that revenge versus mercy and letting go and that you become more powerful when you let go. Mm-hmm. So then we go into the sixth one. Mm. You know, oh, yes. They take off and, and Vader just wants him. You know, that's yeah, it. He's, he's not going to stop until he gets him. Yep, and Obi-Wan knows that. Obi-Wan yes. knows that. Mm-hmm. Peels himself away from from everybody else to save them. And of course, they go after him, and we all knew it was going to come down to you know to those two. Uh, a fight. They a had fight to have, between them. They had to have yeah. an intimate moment. I mean, there was you know in, Re- in Return of the Jedi when Luke turned himself in and and told you know basically told his father, "Look, I can feel the conflict within you right now. Let go of your hate." And then he said, you know, Obi-Wan once thought as you. And really, like, I don't remember any, you know, in Revenge of the Sith, I don't remember him trying to, he was there to stop him. So we knew that this was going to happen. We knew there was going to be an intimate moment. And, of course, the fight starts off exactly the same that it did in Revenge of the Sith. Yep. And, man, they did not disappoint. No. Yeah, so, so wait, 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 wait. Before we go into it, I have a question. All right. So, you know, the leader of the rebellion or the beginning of the rebellion, does he become a, a influential character later on? Or is this just that this is just what he's doing right now? Because I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if, if he becomes something that I should recognize later on in the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. As far as I know, no, I haven't seen him. Like a lot of these okay. characters are new. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but what I'm thinking is they're setting us up for future stuff. Yeah, he may okay. end up showing up in the Andor series and yeah, the middle pieces. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. Andor is going to be basically about you know, uh, well, about that character that was on. Um, oh, what's the movie? Man, I'm drawing a blank. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, um, uh, Rogue One. Rogue One, yeah. Okay. So it's going to be his, the main, you know, the character with the, the main guy with, uh, Ka- what's it, Cassin? That was a beer. And uh, him and the robot, right? It's like him, it's, that's going to be his story arc. His, okay. his, and it's basically the beginning of the rebellion. And I believe yeah. we're probably going to see that, that same character because, you know, Obi Wan basically told him, he set us up for that. Like, don't stop. And he's like, oh, I'm just beginning. So, yeah, I feel yeah, like we're going to okay. see him. Um, I honestly, I feel like we're going to see Reva again, mm-hmm. too. I don't know. I don't know how or where. Like, they could totally. She's, she doesn't show up in anything else after this that's already out there. They did a lot, yeah, a lot of work for no payoff, though. After yeah. that, yeah, yeah, she could, she could totally spin off. You know, this could be. Yeah. I, I mean, know let, that they're going to be doing movies. 
there's going to be three movies coming out that have nothing to do with the Skywalker saga. She could Good. be part of that. I don't, kind of know. ruined that. Anyway, go on. on. Yeah. So <laughs> the fight was everything that we, I, to me, oh, it was everything yes. that I've been waiting for my whole life. You yep. know, I wanted to see Darth Vader <laughs> in action. Um, I wanted to see him. He's powerful. He yep. showed his power. And then Obi-Wan, man, when Obi-Wan, when all those rocks lifted up mm, behind him, mm. I jumped I jumped up off the couch and everybody <laughs> in the house looked at me because they, they were like, what is going on? Yeah, that was as good as Luke coming in in, in Mandalorian. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you saw what got him there, too. His connection to the people he was taking care of, to Luke and especially Leia, who he now had a connection yes. with. Yes. And, mm-hmm. you know, and again, I think that, you know, everybody talk, uh, there's a lot of talk about the Jedi are done and all this stuff. And I think that's because their code was too restrictive. They don't, they're not accepting the right kind of connections, the thing that bring people together. Mm-hmm. And so yes. they're, they're cutting, they cut themselves off from the world and got more monistic, um, you know, like monks, you know, yeah. and I don't, I, I think yeah. that, that didn't serve them. They're out there being these guardians of the galaxy kind of thing without the connection they need to people. And hopefully that's going to be a lesson that they learn going forward. Yeah. So it was exactly. almost like that for the same reason that that's that being a samurai stopped working in the feudal ages is the same reason here is because being in that code, being locked inside of a code where the outside where the outside and the world around you is changing, they can literally make adjustments to what they're doing to counteract your code and wipe you out. And that's pretty much what happened. Inflexibility. Uh, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Like this is Obi-Wan stepping away from the old ways. Exactly. Basically. Perfect. Just a, a shout back to our third sister friend. You know, I kind of got a good laugh and a chuckle when at the end, and we didn't, when we skipped past four, but when she said, yeah, he's about to, Vader's about to kill her. And he goes, I, I put a tracker on it. And you know that that's going to come back because that was the, what happened in four when they put a tracker <laughs> in the Falcon. So, you know, yep. we got that from her. And I just love yep. that. <laughs> love that. So, yes. So, so what was that, exactly. What were you about to say? Say again? Marcus, you were about to say something. Were you, were yeah, you? I oh, cut uh, you off. You guys I'm were sorry. talking about the, the how how rigid the Jedi were, and then you brought up the samurai. I was like, hell, that sounds like the police nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not for defund yeah. the police, but how about retrain? Can we do yeah, that? dude, come on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Look at other countries. And Britain, how long do you have to go to school? You have to go to school, school to be a police officer. I'm talking about four year college at least. AJ made to, to yes, to actually be a police officer. And then they put you in years of training as far as with um, martial arts training, you know, hand to hand combat, things of that nature, so that you'd be able to handle yourself. In America, six weeks. So yeah, and it. and I don't think they really train them. From what I understand, there's no de escalation training in most Mm-mm. departments. That is more important than ability to shoot somebody. Anybody with a gun can spend some time in a range and learn how to shoot somebody in center of mass. But de-escalation, that's a human thing that you have to learn how to be good at that. Absolutely. You have to learn how to calm somebody down or yep. figure out somebody's state. And we need to yep. spend more time doing that. So, anyway. I think they need to do psychological background checks on me. Well, too, as well. Man. I'm just saying. Yeah. But I didn't mean to derail the, uh, the flow of the... Uh, no, no, no. I definitely yeah. agree. The last thing I'll say is I, I 100% agree with the psychological evaluations. Gun, now, guns are so uncivilized. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Jedi. 
So um, not as random that, as a blaster. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to bring up a point real quick. Um, sure, yeah, sure, sure. Please, of, for those of who have watched the Rebels, mm-hmm. we've seen this scene before. Because yeah. when Ahsoka finally met up with Anakin as Darth Vader, they fought. Oh, they and I did. Think she, I think she had him beat too. Yes, and she had she had cut the other half of his helmet. She cut the right half of his helmet off. Yep. And we saw that same thing. We saw Anakin's face and his voice was mixed with the the Vader voice. Oh, that was so awesome. Yeah. And then, so I guess they did that for the people who are not going to watch the animated series and because it was a very powerful moment. One that I think actually, we'll talk about Ahsoka later, but I think that kind of sent her off. Of course, she died and then was saved. By the loophole. Yes, by a loophole. But we'll come back to that later. But you, you know, but, I think her power comes from what happened somewhat to Kenobi too. She let go. She let go of the yes. Jedi. She let go of the yes. monistic, you know, self-indulgent. Uh, I'm going to follow this pattern to the death and flexibility, yep. and it gave her more power. And if you've read a you lot know, of the Legends book stuff in the past, you know there was a whole long before there were Jedi or Sith that were people that were in between. That could that had were stronger because they used their passion, but they they didn't succumb to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and when we fast forward to Ray because I think Ray taps into yeah. the dark side sometimes or whatever, you know. And blah blah blah. I digress, but to me that was that was amazing seeing him. And then when he told him that you know I'm not your failure. Yeah, that was yeah. That was so, the okay, release right there. Okay, when I heard that. Okay, I was trying to figure this out because I'm trying to figure out whether or not I'm reading too far into this. Because, of course, we got to the point where Obi-Wan actually got his power back or regained his connection to the Force, if not a stronger one. And he actually started to overtake Vader. And that happened. And it seemed like Vader saw how much in pain Obi-Wan was. And I feel like looking at it, he wanted to tell him that, look, this isn't your fault. I did this to myself. And yes. Do you think I, I wanted to say something about that? Yeah, I think I he think did that. Is. I think he did that because he was so strong in the force that it was bleeding into Vader, just like Luke would later, that his empathy to Anakin was so strong that he was pulling the best parts of Vader, Anakin, back out again. Yes. And that's when the, he had to say that's the only way he could escape from that mm. and give into it. Um, but, you know, even go forward to Return of the Jedi, oh, yeah. you know, where Luke can feel the conflict. He's always been conflicted. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a very passionate, very, I don't know, loving Jedi. He was the one Jedi that came in and kind of broke all those rules that they yes. had. Had they just kind of treated him like the the ADHD student and gave him a little bit more time on the tests and, and <laughs> spent, a little, spent a little extra time with him here or there, then he right. could have been this great Jedi, but they didn't. They kept him on these strict rules and, and yeah. he broke them all. Yeah. And this is where he's at. And, you know, yep. I am what you made me. Yeah, he could have yeah. brought balance to the force. He could have, yeah. But yeah, you nailed it, Carlton. That was it. That was him letting Obi-Wan off the hook basically like you didn't do this i did this and that was his last little bit of of and then when when he's in front of the emperor and he's pissed Mm -hmm. off that obi-wan got away (laughs) and the emperor is like "Eh, i don't think you're seeing too clearly on this he kind of 
jerked his chain back and got him back. So from this point until he runs into his son, you know, we're, we're going to mm-hmm. get full, full on evil. Death Vader. Character. Yeah, Death Vader. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I mean, that was fully into the dark side at that point. And, and that was the end of that, man. And dude, that series was one of the best Star Wars anything I've ever seen. It was great. Uh, one of my kids, my wife, were both pragmatic. We're talking about, well, why doesn't he just kill Vader right there? He's, he's going to end up saving billions of people. And I told him it's like the frog and the scorpion, except in reverse. You can't ask the Jedi to kill somebody as it, like that, that, you know, that he was had that attachment to, just kill him because then he's not a Jedi anymore. Yeah. So I wasn't going to just kill him. He'd already been in that situation and yeah. left him for dead and cut off mm-hmm. the re- and you know he just wasn't going to do that again. So you know, yes, I know Vader's going to kill all these people, the whole planet, you know, blow your planet up. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but even so, you know, you the Jedi are the Jedi are the Jedi, and they're they're only the Jedi when they have mercy. And, yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that they're not going to kill people because sometimes they're pushed to that point, but they're never yeah. doing it out of revenge or spite or because you know that make a decision to do it it's only that right. they have to i have to mm-hmm. anyway yeah amazing yeah. series yeah, yeah. so i think we'll have really a couple good. spin-offs i hope that reva shows up somewhere down the road we may see more darth vader but i think we're done with obi-wan i think he's gonna become the hermit that we find him in you know mad props for them bringing back christensen even though you could have done yeah. without him I, I don't think so i think it's better that they brought him back yeah i think so too yeah. What did you guys so, think about uh, Qui Gon showing up at the end? Oh, that I was always here. That, that was, was cool, awesome. Man. That was cool. Yeah. Man. yeah, that was cool. Liam Nelson was has always been my favorite Jedi. Just gonna be honest with you. He was. Yeah. He was. Uh, when I first seen what's the episode uh, one. between one first, was it just one? I thought it was. It was. Yeah. It was two different ones. He was nope, just the first one. Was it? Died in the okay. first one. Okay, so when I saw him in the first one, I was just like, you know, he's a cool, he's a he's a cool master, man. So, I, and I think that that kind of spilled over from Obi Wan into Anakin as well. And so, he was the same kind of thing where he had let go. He was looser about some of the rules, mm-hmm. and I think he was a better Jedi for it. He was finding out things the Jedi didn't even understand, yeah. and it's because he wasn't trapped in their monistic. It has to be this way rigidity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and he, he would laugh a, while he was doing it. I'm sorry, go on. He would have been a be- no. He would have been a better master for Anakin. Oh my Anakin far. Been, and that's why they call that the duel of the fates. You know, with, when they fought uh, Darth Maul, mm-hmm. and the fact that Darth Maul ended up killing Qui Gon and not Obi Wan, or without them killing him by killing Qui Gon, and then Obi Wan stepping up and being his his master. You know, because Obi Wan was trained by the, he was he was by the book. Yeah, mm. and he, he he wasn't wise enough yet to do it out of humility yeah. and and wisdom. Yeah. So he wasn't ready to train someone like like Anakin, yeah. who needed to be, you know, um, I don't know, brought down to earth. Yeah, given a given a looser reign, but you know, more connection. Yep. So yeah, man, we were all in on this. This was fantastic. This was awesome. Can't wait to see what's next and what we're gonna uh, so what, what what is up. Yeah. Um, so good time to be a Star Wars fan. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> Platinum yeah. age so. of Star Wars. Yeah, we got Andor Andor coming up. I don't know. I don't have any dates, but we have Andor coming up, and we have the Bad Batch second season 
And then, of course, Ahsoka is filming now as we speak. So all that, all that's coming up. And Bad props to Filoni. Yeah, man. Yep. He's giving okay. the people what they want. Mm-hmm. So good storytelling. Go ahead, moving on. You're good. You're good. With that being said, we're going to jump over into Love, Death, and Robots, which is on the other side of the spectrum. It has nothing to do with Star Wars, but equally is awesome. All right. Mm-hmm. So for those who uh, listened to the last podcast, we went through through three different ones. Today, we're going to go through, through the three different ones again. Titled The Secret War, Sucker of Soul, and The Witness. So let's jump into Secret Wars. So in Secret Wars, and a lot of this is coming off of uh, Ivory Mike, because I think Ivory Mike is, comes at it from a, an interesting point of view, because, I mean, I don't think this is... He's just now kind of getting into some of this, uh, really. I want to hear somebody else's viewpoint on this one. How about about you? What did you think about this episode of uh, Love, Death, and Robots? Well, I'm glad they picked a different perspective. We're all used to America or any of these other places, but they went all the way to Russia. And and they had this idea that they have a, a culture of folklore. And so they're not, monsters is part of it. And they're tough. I mean, I don't know if you met a lot of Russian folk, but they, those folks are tough generally Duh. yeah Duh. so i think that that's set up there pretty good and how they went off you know he was just going to take try and take it out and how you know it became much more powerful than they were ready to take on and just a lot of those stories in there are like that they're like the humans think they got it covered and no matter right. how tough they are they don't and i really yeah. it's 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 hubris it's a, and that's why the death comes in you know so i think that's oh. really it was it was a measure it doesn't matter how tough you are you're going against something that's beyond your comprehension and i think that just basically took him down through that and that was what the story was about absolutely man with the way that love death and robots has been doing it we come in the middle <laughs> the explanation to a certain point but there's not enough to really get to really gather they're up, you know exactly what's going on, but you get enough to enjoy the story. So yeah, did, were they you know, like all these? Obviously, they summoned these demons somehow, or yes, with like some they, kind of ritual. They, yes, they were dealing with an occult uprising that was happening in Russia, and basically there was the these people were summoning all these demons or whatever you want to call it from some Flesh from wits. creatures. Yes, from which we have no idea. And pretty much it was these guys going in and trying to destroy it and take back Russia from it. So, I mean, you you had a lot of honorable deaths and, and charging into the, the abyss and everything else. And I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was good. The first season of Love, Death and Robots was very solid. What did you think about it, Mike and DeMarcus? Man, let me tell you something. If there's not a department that's already set up and making some of these episodes into full series... They, yeah. they should be slapped, man. Slap, shot, flogged, and then poisoned. Because... Well, they're different I, people. Go on. But they, there should be a, a continuation. Especially for, like, Secret War, Suits, Sucker of Souls. I mm. mean, it's just, just tight. Tight. I want more. Yeah, it's bleeding around the edges. You kind of feel like there's a, just this gigantic story, and yeah. you're only seeing a small part of it. In yeah. The- yeah, it's like you guys are fools if you don't do this. Get, get with that uh, production company and just, man, set up some type of deal to get more. 
filler on that story, man. I mean, that stuff, some of the stuff I feel like it'd be as big as uh, Stranger Things. Oh, don't get me started. That's so awesome. Storytelling is Bro, Hey, man. Hey, July 1st. That's all I got to say. Yes. July 1st. But, uh, man, I'm like, this stuff is awesome. Netflix has a lot of jewels, man, and I think they're sleeping on them. I just do. Well, yeah, they don't seem to green light a lot of, you know, you see a lot of smaller things. Yeah. But they only green light a few big things that kind of go in our genre. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Now, some of these companies that are doing these animations, I mean, it takes them a long time. I mean, you look at the time between the two seasons, I think it was like yeah. a couple of years. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, they would need more resources is what it comes down to. I think you're right that they're mining areas they could certainly expand on but they yeah. would need resources to do that so yeah, yeah. so the reason why some of this this animation is so good is because they're shorts and they're not costing as much money to yeah. create is that okay yeah that's part of it because that's, and that's the way you can get away with it in this small story form where they're um, doing a smaller piece you know i think like you said if they had a lot of the resources they could tell a huge story but we know they're good at telling small stories, so we just got to see. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Love, Death, and Robots is like, it's awesome. There's been a few of them. There's been a couple of quirky ones. The yogurt one was a little quirky. It was kind of funny, but The Witness, like, I think I told you this <laughs> earlier, DeMarcus, uh, I yeah. should have watched it before I went to church, so I wouldn't yeah. have ruined my blessing for the day, because <laughs> I, I went to church went to church and came home and I was like, oh, I'm going to eat lunch and watch this other episode of, and then I watched it and ruined everything that I did at church. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, yeah, I get it. There's some of them I can, can leave, but most of them have been really, really, yeah. I like mm-hmm. the Secret War, the Sucker of Souls. That Suits one was really cool, but yeah. Wait okay. till you get to season three, man. So let's talk about Sucker of Souls, okay? So we had a situation, and this is just going to be a brief recap to a certain extent. It looked like there was an eco, uh, a eco, word of eco, damn it, my what? brain. Thing? We're all tripping over words today. Eco, eco, uh, Archaeologist. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> like my brain was like, no, no, not going to give it to you. Anyway, so we have uh, archaeology. I wasn't going to give it to you either. I was going to let you trip over it. I I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. (laughs) I appreciate you. You know what? You just with friends like you. Anyways, um, (laughs) so you have this going on. They're doing a dig somewhere in looks like Afghanistan or something like that, and or or Romania. I think it was Romania. So basically, they dig and they find, I guess, a tomb. Now, uh, once they get in there, they find out that the tomb is Nosferatu tomb. As a matter of fact, it's, it belonged to Dracula the Impaler. So Dracula comes out of nowhere. Vlad, Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. Vlad the Impaler, Dracula the Impaler. Are they the same cat? Uh, one with, yeah. one created the legend that made the other. The Bram Stoker yeah. Dracula was, was from it. Vlad the Impaler. You know, okay. He expanded upon him. So Vlad the Impaler Vlad. was a real cat. Anyway. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. Hey, Mike, you know about Rasputin the Mad Monk? Oh, heck yeah. Stabbed, yeah. shot, poisoned, drowned. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that dude was bad, man. He yeah. hypnotized people too. Sorry about that, guys. I've learned about Rasputin from two ways. Number one, Hellboy, and number two, not League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the other one. The British mm. Secret Agent. James Bond? What was it? Yeah. No, 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 Kingsman. No, no, no. Kingsman. Kingsman. There we the, go. The, the prequel Kingsman. Yep, yeah. because he was in that as well. He was actually controlling the people on that side of the earth. So basically we go into the story and basically the bodyguards and the archaeologists, they're all trapped underground and they got to find a way out. I thought it was interesting how they utilize cats yeah. to, like, they weaponize cats. Yeah, that, that was unexpected. <laughs> it was like, wait, so vampires don't like cats now? I'm like, what? When was that a thing? Is that that's, new? That's new. Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, I can think about a lot of situations. At least they didn't sparkle. Not, you showed up. <laughs> yeah, man, I would have been pissed, dude. Yeah. Didn't they say something how it, it did something to their stomach? They ate them or something? There was well, some kind of explanation. Yeah, um, there was some kind of explanation of why. I think it something had, had to do with cats being, they ferry the dead or something like that. I think it has something to do with that. Yeah, Egyptian, Egyptian mythology, mythology, they're protectors of the house and they, they yeah. ferry the dead. So. Yep. So, bubbles um, is what they are. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they don't really care about you that much. A dog <laughs> no, will love you to death. A cat will like as a difference. No, my yep. cat loves me. Okay, well, you got mm-hmm. a good one then. I, yeah. I had one good you, one. You got the only one. <laughs> okay. You too had the only one. I'll tell you what. I had My dog is ready to party right now. Yep. I went out there <laughs> ready to go. The, I only the had cat one cat. I had, yeah. What? <laughs> I was just going to say, I had one cat that was a good cat and that loved me and would always be around me and you know, wanted to do things with me, almost like a dog. But I yep. raised that cat. I weaned that cat because it lost its mother. And so it only knew me and it thought it was a human being. So. Okay. But you're right. Cats in general. I'm with you. I have a dog, and I appreciate dogs more than that's they. fair. Yeah. My cat was usefully evil, though. Like it killed things. I didn't have to worry about bugs or mice or mailmen or anything coming to my house at all because I knew that the cat would eviscerate them and bring them to the door wait, and say, "Here." Wait a minute. Your dog what? does that too. I'm seeing a pattern here, man. <laughs> Turn your cats into dogs. We all said. <laughs> Uh, well, you got no. See, my cat. See, the dog stays in the house because he's he's big and boisterous. Whereas yeah. the cat, the cat was like a secret agent. Okay, nobody expected oh, the go. cat to be <laughs> that evil and monstrous. Cats versus Harry dogs. The platypus. Yes, exactly. What is a so, platypus? <laughs> I don't. know. It's like a duck. It's a chimera. It's a duck, it's a duck beaver. It's a duck. It's a duck beaver <laughs> that duck lays beaver. eggs. Exactly. It's a, it's a the beaver. The beaver. Yeah, it's I'm going to go with it. <laughs> with you poison know, spurs. What? <laughs> uh, um, Who fights the evil Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Yeah, yes. I, I want to see somebody use the platypus as a creature, you know, a dangerous creature. Confusion <laughs> is its weapon. Phineas, Phineas and Ferb? You ever watch them? I have watched Phineas and Ferb. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. I know exactly who you're talking about. So they all thought he did nothing. He just laid around. He was just a platypus. He did nothing. Yep. But he was a secret agent. And he would uh, go off and know. fight. They called him Gary, Gary right? He's Gary the platypus or something, right? Perry. Perry, Perry. the platypus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perry. But to know, get you I'll back to the story, yeah, yeah, the cat, the cat, <laughs> Gary. There is some some you know legendary background of why cats could be useful against it. But yeah. I mean, they're really pulling back. They're going to ancient Egypt on that one. Mm-hmm. So, you know. 
But then okay. it was an archaeology story, so I guess you could see the connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool, and I think everybody died, but it was yeah. funny how they died, if that makes any sense. You weren't as attached I mean, to them. Yeah, I mean, they were kind of cool. Gary was, was a weirdo, though. Gary was, yeah. was an explosive expert that just blew shit up. And I, I mean, I have a certain amount of appreciation for that, because when I was little, I wanted to be a demolitions expert. I wanted to blow things up for a living. I really did. That was one of the things that was top on my list. So I wanted to be a helicopter pilot. I wanted to be an, a paleontologist, and I wanted to be a demolitions expert. I saw a building that got blew up one day, and I fell in love with blowing things up. Whew. Explains a lot. <laughs> I don't like your tone, sir. I don't appreciate that. Okay, look. Okay. Are you going somewhere with that, Demarcus? Uh, <laughs> exactly. No. What was that supposed to mean? What I've had my suspicions. Mean? I've had my suspicions. That's all. I'm just saying. Suspicions. I... Yeah. Look, ain't nothing to suspicionize about me, sir. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. All right. Have you met the young boy who didn't try to blow things up and throw knives at cardboard boxes? And oh, man. I haven't yet. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? Look at there. I'm normal. See, you're the weird one. See? Uh-huh. <laughs> See? Uh, yeah. See? Uh-huh. I don't want to blow a whole building up, though. That's the thing. Well, you get to get uh, a start small. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. See, we're not right. even the go into the whole, you know, pyromaniac thing that I went sure. through. But anyways, first it's M80s on the anthills, and the next thing you know, it's building, bring, bringing buildings down. Yes. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful thing. So we're going to run right into The Witness, okay? Ah. So The Witness was the last story that we're going to talk about. And then after that, we're going to talk a little bit about the story that we're working on and trying to get all situated because we've got two things going on at one time. So... The Witness is a story about some people that are being recycled through the same thing over again and somehow or another they're being switched into different situations and alternate realities at the same time simultaneously starting over. It's just like the week. Okay, so... That's what I uh, felt. I mean, it it might not have been, but it felt like we were seeing alternate realities, two different versions of it. And how and, they were just and it repeating over yeah. and over again. That's one of those weird episodes that we were talking about earlier. Like, it was so strange because it was just like, all right, we wait. Do you think this. that it repeating over and over made it weird? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there was some. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that was probably look, the most mild part about the whole. I've seen some pretty crazy movies. Okay, all right. Now I will say this: the whole, the whole. <laughs> yeah, what? Wait, what website are you watching those movies on? It's hard to mm. come back now. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like some of Philip K. Dick's uh, drug-induced <laughs> nightmares, you know, stories. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. It's starting to come. It came back a little bit about the one scene, and yes. the, okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I get it. That was weird. Okay, it was strange. I don't know how she ended up in that situation. And yeah, so it was weird. It was mm-hmm. a weird one. It was, it was just one of those things where it was like stuff. Perspective. They were playing with perspective. There you go. I'm going to guess, Mr. Tenery, that Thank you very much. You saved me there because I didn't know how to save that. So, uh, <laughs> yes. So what did you think? What, what did everybody think about the witness? 
And being honest, I really wasn't too prime on that episode, man. It wasn't one of my favorites. Now, I mean, if anything, it, to me, it was like uh, 2020, was it? 2019's versions of the Twilight Zone, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, Keenan, yeah. it's like you watch something so much, you become it. Yeah. So it's like, I guess the moral of the story is watch what you watch because you'll end up becoming it. You know, it's like, basically you are what you eat, you know? <laughs> but it just, for me, it was just too, Yeah, I wouldn't move by it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was almost Buddhistic. There's a short story out there called The Egg. I don't know if you've heard of it. But the idea is that, you know, this guy's on a train and it's a supernatural train going somewhere and he's dead. And the guy says to him, says, oh, you're dead. Just giving you straight up, you're dead. But it's okay because you're going back. And he goes, oh, okay, what's the story here? Well, you're not going to remember anything, but I'll tell you. And he basically says, so you are going through you're everybody so you're the a person who killed somebody you're the person they killed you're the people that were nice to people people that did all but eventually you're going to be everybody and when you and you're in an egg form so that when you have been everybody you'll evolve and become like me a god someone separate from this place and so to me this was a circular thing where you're the killer and the killed person you're the you know the murderer and the murdered I think that's what they were trying to do, but you're right. I mean, you really got to let go. And like I said, I've read and watched a lot of Philip K. Dick, who was just out of his mind on various <laughs> drugs like LSD when he wrote a lot of his things. <laughs> so you have to try and let go of normal perspective to even have uh-huh. a chance at getting where they're coming from on some of that. And that was one of them. Anyway, you. but I want to hear what Ivory Mike said. Yeah, it was a little too X-rated for me. Um <laughs> But uh, have you ever read The Dark Tower? Stephen King, The Dark Tower? Only every book. Everybody? It's basically, uh, that happened to him, right? Yep. Throughout, we read, what, 5,000? There are other worlds than this. Story. Yes, and then when he stepped through The Dark Tower, he ended up back at the very beginning of the book series. Yep. And, the and circle but is this complete. time he had a, yeah, this time he had a horn. He had his horn on him and maybe things will turn out different for him. So that's kind of what I was thinking at the end of like, okay, this is just like a thing that's going to go around and around the next episode. If there's another episode where she's chasing him, is it going to go right back to him chasing her? Yeah. I don't know. That was very unresolved. Yeah. But it does bring up a, a good point. Maybe you guys agree with this or not. Do you think that the best stories are circles? Oh yeah. Mm. And they come around and resolve whatever was going on at the beginning and that it really so. is okay. Okay. Yeah. There's some I there's a so. disagreement about that. People say, you know, that uh, arcs are better and I think arcs are good but circles are best. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's oh, a series called the Circle series. Ted Decker. Say that name again? Mm. Not Ted Decker. Decker. And what was the mm. name of the series? The Circle series. Okay. There's four, one, two, three, four. I think there's four, but four or five books. Okay. Book zero, book one, book two, book book four, and you can start at any book. It'll come right back around to where you were at. Ah. You know, Mike. Okay. The, the thing is, though, with those circle, with the circle plot, so doesn't that kind of kill any possibility of a continuation or, or whatever? Because there's a finality to us, you know, to that situation. 
Yeah, it's usually the long form story. By the time you get to that point in a story, you're ready for some finality. I mean, we're not, you don't do it in a short story. Short stories Mm -hmm. will have arcs generally. If you try to put a circle in a short story form, you'll probably hurt yourself. (laughs) You know, in in probably a full year, when he he reached the dark at the end of book seven, he, he reached out for the door, whatever, and then Stephen King stopped it there and actually wrote a letter to the fans saying, hey, I've written thousands and thousands of, uh, or however many, uh, not thousands, but hundreds of, of endings. And to me, it's always been about the story within, you know, the adventures within the story than, yeah. it, than it is the ending. He said, now you can end it right here knowing that he made it to his destination or you can continue on and see what happens and you may be pleased and you may not be and you know of course after reading 5,000 pages of story I'm going to go on and read the next 10 pages but yeah I don't know Stephen King can write a dog manual and I'd read it (laughs) (laughs) and I'm not even generally a a horror person I'd say my ex-wife brought me into it long, long ago. She threw a little paperback at me by this, this weirdo named Richard Bachman. And by the time I read The Body and some of the other ones, I'm like, and Rita Hayward and The Shawshank Redemption, I'm like, oh, this guy's good. I got to read more about him. She says, yeah, okay, it's Stephen King. She got yeah. me. Because <laughs> I always stayed away from horror and I just, I learned my lesson. She taught me what an idiot I was because I, ever since I've read everything he's written, He's, he's, yep. He is a quintessential writer's writer. And what I mean by that is he hasn't any pretense. He just writes and tells stories. And it doesn't matter what the story's about. You're hooked. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I, I feel about it. If you want to learn how to write, get his book called On Writing. That is one of the best books about how to become a writer. Wow. You can awesome. tell he, he doesn't have a template, you know? No. He's telling a story. He makes the characters, tells a story, doesn't always know where it's going to end up, but it always ends up somewhere that we're entertained along the way. And with that being said, we're going to run right into us talking about the story that we're working on. And to be honest, I mean, that's kind of the way we're doing things to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Um, We created characters, we put them in a story, and we just said, hey, walk down this path, and that's pretty much what's been going on. I'm really excited about it. I know Mike's excited about it. I know the Mark's excited about it. For those who don't remember Mr. Channery, uh, because, I mean, uh, it was a couple of episodes back, but he actually came on, he was a genius, and he does some... Imagine role-playing. does some campaigns. From, um, there you go. Imagine role-playing. And we thought that it was going to be an awesome idea to get somebody that was experienced as him to go through our story and just take a look at it and see how it was. And to be honest, I mean, the guy hasn't disappointed. I mean, he's gone through it. He's given us some great feedback. And I think that I think we're better writers because of it. And the story is better because of it. Uh, now, with that being said, you've kind of been away for a little while because of your injury. But I'm curious, do you remember enough of it right now to maybe give us a small idea of what you think about it so far? Sure, absolutely. I, I've got it right in my head here. Yeah. First off, we jump in in the story, and it's even though we're going back in time, it's a story in progress. And it's about people that uh, will say that the early humans think of as gods. 
they may not be gods because it seems like more and more as we learn as we go along that there's technical there that there is as uh it's like uh, asimov's magic any indistinguishable uh technology that's is indistinguishable from magic anything that's really really way past what people understand just becomes magic to them and i think that's what we're looking at here and it, it took me a while to get going on that and what i liked about that was i didn't know that it wasn't magic until i was in the third or fourth chapter and that it was technology and i like that that means that you know you're just telling me the story you're not showering me with technical information about it and so as soon as we ended up in you know they go back into some ruins and those ruins are an old city i'm like now i'm sure now this is technology and now i get it that these people have just have a higher state of technology and they're trying to shepherd with some distance you know like uh i could say star trek prime directive stuff there's things they can do uh -huh. and things they can't do and that they are the second set that there was a first set of people that were trying things and kept time to do it over and over again because it wasn't working out like they wanted to so yeah, I got a pretty strong impression that the second or third go around, they were getting it right because the rules that they came up with were better, but they were still having trouble. And I liked how they were having trouble trying to follow those rules. And it was thinking way we're going with it. I'm about middle way through as I'm editing. And I think that I'm going to find out my guess is I'm going to take some guesses here that might indicate where things are going just based on what I've read so far, that one or more of those people are breaking those rules and it's affecting the others. That, that what's going on is, is that somebody's not following those rules and it's endangering all of the humans that are trying to come up to speed and make and have good civilizations. And so one of them, and we're going to find out, it's going to create a war, I think, between these people. And I think that's what we're leading to. I like you're spending the time necessary to, for each character to be distinct of the godlike figures and so i'm learning about each one and i i like that i like that they have different personalities i like some of the way that they interact with each other so they have their flaws they're not gods in the sense of they're perfect people and they have flaws and you show what those flaws are like somebody wants to act too much and is actually gets in trouble for it somebody goes out alone and almost gets killed as these uh, aberrations i mean it reminded me a little bit of um the whole i don't know if you saw the marvel eternals i haven't okay. seen it based off of the fact that somebody told me it reminded me of them yeah and i didn't want to steal nothing so i was like yeah. you know what yeah, you got to be careful there. afterwards but they have aberrations that are similar to that although okay. i think it's a little different they, it's there's a much bigger creature or you know the eternals that are creating that that in any case, so I understand where that's coming from. I think you guys have a unique tale on that. I think some of the best writing there is when you've come to present day and when you're having the, uh, those people that are being captured and guarded in that uh, prison. I think it's either in Yosemite or somewhere in a, in a park. Um, that's, that's great stuff, and he's getting ready to... And you have humans working with some of the people that haven't been captured, trying to uh, maybe find out what's going on with them. So that's really good writing there. I get a sense that they're involved and that something great has happened between those two things, between the past that occurred where, where there was some kind of war between them and now where we're trying to recover that. And I, I'm interested to see where it goes. So I think you've got a, a, a real good seed there. I think there's got to be some payoffs. We want to identify with the characters. There's a lot of characters in the beginning, which is fine because it's going to get pared down. I know some of those mm -hmm. people aren't going to make it, and that's fine. You know, then you, you don't know who you're rooting for, but by the middle piece, I knew that uh, the guy who was using his mental powers and was sitting in the 
I don't want to say Range Rover, but one of those SUVs sitting yeah. there looking at over. That guy was really interesting, and I wanted to know what was going to happen next with them. So I'm invested, and I'll get back to it. The only difference is when I'm editing, I'm trying to look at it with both the reading of it and also with you know helping you get to your yeah. your cutting away of things you don't need or adding or you know doing showing rather than than telling things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So. It's not as is quite as fun as just reading a story if I was just reading it. So right. you know, I try to do both at once, have both eyes, on. you know, one eye doing editing and the other eye doing reading for the story. But I like the story. Um, I'm a sucker for things in the past that have a different take on it, so that you know, alternate histories kind of stuff where you take mm-hmm. things that happened and you weave them into it, so that it yeah. looks like um, you know that it could have all happened this way. You know, when, I don't know if you saw Battlestar Galactica the last time around, when yeah. they show up the on most Earth. Recent? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they show up on Earth, and at the end, you're like, well, you know, this has happened, this has happened before, it'll happen again, you know, that kind of thing, the circle. So, yep. Yeah, I really like that. So I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. I'll get back at it. And there you have it, folks. I don't think I could have did that any more beautiful no. myself. And I didn't honest. even know that about our story. <laughs> I, got, I got goosebumps, man. I just got goosebumps, dude. It feels good hearing that from somebody who's reading it and kind of understands it because everything that you were saying was exactly what we're trying to push forward, that initiative that we're trying to push forward. And and because of that, that was the reason why we actually went into doing the comic book scene. You know, the comic book is going to, because a lot of people found it very interesting that these beings have been around for so long and they were developed already. A lot of people wanted to see the journey of their development from when, you know, how they got to be the abominable uh, creatures that they are right now, you know, immovable and so laser focused and having such of the strong personality traits that they have right now. So, you know, the actual comic book goes into actually telling you how that got developed and the trials and tribulations that they went through and how they tamed the West and the East and the North, so to speak, before the Five Kingdoms came along. So the fact that you're reading this, the fact that you can tell me this really excites me and really motivates me to stay on the path, man. So thank you. I appreciate you for doing this and I appreciate you for actually paying attention and actually going through it um, like you are right now. Also, the stories that we're writing on the side with the comics are going to bring forth some unlikely allies as well, because the stories that we're writing right now take place even further back than where the story, you know, where they were at in the novel. And uh, so, yeah, no, that was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, sure. I tell you what, man, building a, a universe has been one of the most difficult but awarding ventures that I've ever been on. Oh yeah. And it's because when you're building a universe from the bottom up, there's a lot of things that are involved in that. And there are grounds that you have to cover. There are situations that have to be finished. There's certain things that have to be brought around the full circle to make sense. There's so many different things and so many aspects and so many creatures that you have to, to make. Those creatures have to have a reason for existing, yada, 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 yada. And you know, it becomes this huge, huge thing but after you get so far into the story, I'm telling you, and this is just coming from me to whoever's listening out there in the world, that the story starts to write. When you have a story that is great and you, you feel it, you understand it, it starts to write itself. And it it's almost like connecting to that universe where it actually exists. 
and in telling their story. Yeah, I agree with you. And some writers, they have a plot and they're writing the plot. And I always find myself falling away from those because to me, the characters are the plot. The characters will tell you where they need to be. And maybe you got to take a heavy hand once in a while, but most of the time you should let the characters, I mean, get into them, know them and let them tell you where they're going to go. And their conflicts, if you've done it right from the beginning, their conflicts are just going to come out. Exactly. That's how we've done it. I mean, we had a, a loose outline of where we wanted the characters to go. What we wanted, to, there was, you know, certain things along the story that we wanted to see happen, but we didn't know how they got there. When I would sit down and start typing, a lot of times, man, it would just come out. It was just like, I knew where they had to go. I just didn't know how they got there. Carlton, how many moments have we had on the phone or in person where we're talking about it and it just all clicked? And it's we're like, like no. aha, that's why that, that went over there. there and that's why they yeah, did that. That's why, yep. That's happened so many times throughout this whole journey. And, and that's what keeps us coming back every week. That's really, I know a good story and I feel like this is a good story. And we just want to get it right and get it out there so everybody can enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, I look um, forward to it, to seeing what you guys do with it. Whether we're right talking on. comics, books, graphic novels, whatever it ends up being. Right on. We absolutely we have our All our characters are... So all those characters you've read about already, we've already got, what, is it version 3.0? Is that what we're calling yes. it? Yes, yep. Sure do. We're yeah. all drawn and ready for the comics. And we've submitted, I've been working on a, a story. We had somebody else on our team for a while who was doing the comic script. He checked out a little early and left us with a few pages. So we took those, I took those six pages that he already had and went back and rewrote the story. And we've got a, you know, a whole other side story with these characters that we just actually just submitted to the studio to flip it over to a comic book script absolutely nice. Yep. Nice. start start putting our characters well, that's important too everybody that works on something has to love it and want to be there and, and the creative things are, are kicking for them you know? yeah yeah so uh mr mr demarcus anything to anything to add over there over there in the uh, corner nah man I'm, you guys pretty much said it all right on demarcus can i give everybody the news you told me earlier about your story and my ears oh. are up. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm uh, wrapping up the pencils for uh, my second issue. And uh, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do, uh, um, if it's going to be a four-parter. Because I, I just don't feel like the uh, story would, I don't feel like three issues would uh, would do it for the story. Am I going to, is it going to be a four-parter or am I just going to consider it a um, plan on doing a continuation, an ongoing series? But That's I think the name the of it. Is, I think the thing is just uh, waiting to see what people's response is to the first and second issue. I myself feel like the story picks, it gets better. I'm critical of myself. It gets yeah. better like the second half of the first issue, first issue. The second issue picks up, it just starts out on a high note, you know, but I'm wanting to give background and get people interested in the world that I created within the, uh, the first two issues. And then kind of just, you know, deliver the main course in the fourth and then just go from there. You, know, well, you got me on tenor hooks. What's the name of it? Oh, it's, it's called the War Pack. 
War Pact, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I think I've seen a panel or two of it. Yeah. And um, it's basically a, a group of uh, characters that I came up with when I was uh, in high school. And um, over the years, they've changed as, you know, as I've changed and everything. And, you know, basically, um, the book is about family. And it's about, you know, the people in your life not being perfect, but they're still families. Basically, just being dedicated to a cause. I mean, that's why they call it more act. But um, besides all this, the cool superhero team names have been taken. So. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I mean, that's it. I'm on issue two. It ends with uh, someone uh, seeing somebody from their past that they felt like uh, deserved uh, Sam's or BJ's size of comeuppance. And uh, so issue three will open up with them, you know, serving it up. Right on. That's fantastic. I can't wait to see the fruit that Infinitum Tales will actually bear. And um, with all that being said, guys, uh, I want to thank our guest, uh, Mr. Tinner. Uh, no problem. Honor- honorary, not only honorary, but actually member of Infinite Tale, my co-host, D-Mark, and I, Mike. And I think that we're going to go ahead and sign out and call it a day. All right. Um, so with that being said, hey, man, be good to each other. And uh, let's make this world great again. Huh? <laughs> Until next hey, time. Hey, Mike, thanks for your time, man. Always happy to do it. Appreciate it. listening to the infinite worlds podcast thank you for listening and please if you have any questions about the things we were talking about or would like to comment on any of today's talking points please follow us on twitter at infinite worlds six instagram and facebook at infinite worlds.us and if you like what we do Please support us by recommending the podcast to friends and family and by supporting us through Patreon or the listener support option given on this platform. See you next time.